0: So I'm going to go to my opening verse, Psalms chapter 37, verses 1 through 7. "'Fret not thyself because of evildoers, neither be thou envious against workers of iniquity, for they shall soon be cut down like the grass, and wither as the green herb. Trust in the Lord, and do good.'" So thou, so shalt thou dwell in the land, and verily thou shalt be fed. Delight thyself also in the Lord, and He shall give thee the desires of thine heart. Commit thy way unto the Lord; trust also in Him, and He shall bring it to pass. And He shall bring forth thy righteousness as the light, and thy judgment as the noonday. Rest in the Lord. And wait patiently for him. Fret not thyself because because of him who prospereth in his way, because of the man who bringeth wicked devices to pass. Let's go ahead and pray. Heavenly Father, we just thank you, God, for this opportunity that we have to come in your presence again, God. And just ask that you be with me as your speaker today, God, that I speak clearly and effectively what you've put on my heart, God. And just help us all to be open to what it is you had for us and be receptive. In Jesus' name, amen. Everyone may be seated. So this psalm speaks about the security of a righteous man as well as the insecurity and fate of the wicked man. It is a reminder that though the wicked may seem to prosper, God's justice is inevitable. How many of y'all have ever had that thought, like, how are these people like making it? They're doing better than I am. Like, I'm busting my butt. At least I feel I am doing what I can, trying to stay in line with God's Word as much as I can, but it seems like some people that are doing the complete opposite are prospering more than me. I've been there. But this encourages us to live out our walk with God fearlessly and to be reassured that God is in control of everything. My focus for this morning is in verse 7. I want to look at it one more time. Psalms 37 and 7. Rest in the Lord and wait patiently for Him. Fret not thyself because of Him who prospereth in His way because of the man who bringeth wicked devices to pass. My title for this morning is Don't Wait the Wrong Way. Don't Wait the wrong way. So to recap, don't worry about the wickedness in the world because God will be back soon and He's going to pour out His justice on the earth. Just wait patiently for Him and He will take care of everything. How easy is waiting patiently? Whew, that's a hard one. Now I understand that my, my title may be a little bit confusing and I'll get into it as I go along. But I promise, please don't leave. Brother Madman's going to be up here soon. He'll recover us. We'll be good. Y'all just gotta bear with me for a little bit. But let me ask you, whenever you think of the word, or you hear the word, wait, what do you think of? Hold on? Delay? Hold back? Stay where you are? Don't do anything. Just wait. Patient. Hunker down. Be idle. Be still. I grew up hearing that. It was more shut up and sit down. Wait here. I'll be back. Or when you get that from my mom, just wait. Your dad will be home soon. Uh Uh-oh. That's not going to be good. The definition of wait is to stay where you are or delay doing something until somebody or something comes... Or something happens. How many of y'all like waiting? I hate waiting. I don't know many people that do. Waiting can be extremely stressful. Doesn't matter what it is. Just the act of waiting can be stressful. Especially today even more so because everything that this world pushes out is faster, quicker, than the last. We got the cure eggs. Went from a cough pot to cure eggs. How many of y'all get irritated at cure egg now? It's taking too long. Microwaves, Amazon two-day shipping, grocery pickup orders, dr- fast food restaurants. And if you don't want to wait for a fast food restaurant, you can put in order ahead so that way you don't have to wait right. as long. But no matter how hard we try, we will inevitably have to wait for something. There's always a wait period, yeah. no matter how short it is. Even when our, in our walk with God, there's waiting. All throughout the Bible, wait, wait, wait. Waiting on those unanswered prayers. I'm sure there are many of you here today that have been asking God for something or been waiting for some kind of answer for a while. My question is are you waiting patiently? Or is there frustration and doubt? I've been on both of them. I've been where I thought I was waiting patiently, but on the inside I feel like I am. Outside I'm like throwing a temper tantrum. I'm like, will you answer me? And like I said, it can lead to frustration and doubt. One thing, waiting can also lead to laziness. I'll use myself as an example. I've mentioned it before in my testimony a little bit, but it took me nine years of waiting for the Holy Ghost. And I can promise you that the Psalms 37, where it said, wait patiently, was not at the front of my mind. There was absolutely no waiting patiently for me. There was definitely, like I said, a whole lot of doubt, fear, frustration. I could go on and on, but patient was nowhere on my list for waiting. I will say, though, there was a period, however, where laziness crept in. I don't know how many times I had been waiting on the Lord for the Holy Ghost and then one day I got to the point where because of the waiting I started to think what's the point? I got to that point multiple times where I would say to myself why even go to the altar and it wasn't always because of doubt obviously the, the doubt crept in and that was part of it but the laziness why am I wasting my time? He's God. He can fill me, He can fill me sitting there or going up there. What's the point? I can just save my energy and time, keep my seat warm. And he can do it here. There's no point in doing anything. I might as well just settle in and just wait for God. And this kind of reminded me of a story. Let's go to John 5, verses. 1 through 5. After this, there was a feast of the Jews, and Jesus went to Jerusalem. Now there is at Jerusalem by the sheep a pool, which is called in the Hebrew tongue Bethesda, having five porches. In this lay a great multitude of important folk, of blind, halt, withered, waiting for the moving of the water. For the angel went down at a certain season into the pool, and troubled the water. Whosoever then first, after the troubling water, stepped in, was made whole of whatsoever disease he had. And a certain man was there, who had an infirmity of thirty and eight years. When Jesus saw him lie, and knew that he had been now a long time in that case, he saith unto him, "'Wilt thou be made whole?' The impotent man answered him, Sir, I have no man. When the water is troubled, to be put me into the pool, but while I am coming, another step is down before me. My mind, I'm not trying to compare myself to his situation by any any means, but it helps me kind of process this sometimes. I can only imagine, I'm curious when the last time he went to the pool was. When was the last time he tried? How long did he sit there and he got to that I'm gonna say the laziness stage? Like, if God could do it there, like I am there's no point in me even going. I'm just gonna sit here. And instead of keeping his eye on the goal of getting healed, that laziness he turned into looking at making excuses. I had been there too. I believe that this was because he was waiting the wrong way. I was waiting the wrong way. So what does it mean to wait on the Lord? Like I said, when we hear that word waiting, we think of ultimately doing nothing. I'm just going to sit and wait. But is that what it means? Does it mean... Sit around, don't do anything, and wait on God to act. Wait on Him to do what He said He's going to do. Well, I will say in some cases, maybe. But one thing we need to do is wait. But is there something else? Is there something that God expects us to do while we are waiting? One thing we do need for sure is patience. Said patiently waiting. David mentioned in Psalm 37 rest in the Lord and wait patiently. Waiting on God requires patient endurance. This is not a passive waiting, just sitting there. This is an active anticipation of what God will do. Romans 8, 23 and 25. And not only they, but ourselves also, which have the first fruits of the spirit, even when ourselves groan within ourselves waiting for the adoption the redemption of our body. For as for we are saved by hope, but hope that is seen is not hope. For what a man seeth, why doth he yet hope for? But if we hope for what we see not, then we do with patience, wait for it. I want to go to the NLT version of the same passage. And believers also groan, even though they have the Holy Spirit within us as a foretaste of future glory. For we long for our bodies to be released from sin and suffering. We too wait with eager hope for the day when God will give us Our full rights as his adopted children including the new bodies he has promised we were given this hope when we were saved if we already have something we don't need to hope for it verse 25 but if we look forward to something we don't yet have we must wait patiently and confidently when we are waiting we must wait patiently But we also must be confident. Sounds easy, but it's not. Waiting patiently for that answered prayer, but also being confident that it's going to come. How many of y'all would say that
1: you're patient?
0: Hmm. How many of y'all are all like me? As soon as you hit hit you know order on that Amazon, that two day shipping, I'm already like on UPS. Like, is it, is it shipped yet? I ordered this thing like thirty seconds ago. What in the world? No, no patience. No patience. How many of us would be honest with ourselves and say there's something you've been praying about? I'll use myself as an example, like I said, waiting for the Holy Ghost. But I got to the point where I had been accustomed to the state I was in. I started off eagerly waiting, like, it's coming, it's coming. And then the longer I waited, I'd lose focus and I'd be like, well, this is just the way it is. Like the man at the pool, I can just imagine, did he get to the point to where he's like, well, this is, just, this is life and almost lose track of what you were even waiting for. We need to be patient. Galatians 5:22 and 23 says, "But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance; against such there is no law." Long suffering. Having or showing patience in spite of troubles. My next point is that while there are many times where I believe God has been with me and had to correct me, where he's had to say, Ryan, stop what you are doing. Stop everything. Where he has literally told me, I feel, wait, don't do nothing. Stop. Take a rest. Focus on me. But I don't believe that that wait is a call to inaction. I don't think he's saying, don't do anything. While rest is extremely important, and I'll talk about that in a moment, but there's a difference between rest and waiting. While I'm waiting on God, while I'm talking to God and waiting on Him to give me a direction, answer a prayer, open doors, close doors, whatever it is, this is where I feel like, at least for myself, I miss the mark sometimes. There may be others, but maybe this one's for me. Let's just pretend for a second that I'm the only one that falls short here. That I ask for these directions, these prayers, and I'm waiting. And that doubt creeps in again, like I said. And I get to that point where I forget sometimes what I'm even waiting for. But so far, God has said for us to wait with patience and also with confidence. I want to go back to my opening scripture again. Psalms 37. I'm going to do 37. I'm going to jump to verse 7. Rest in the Lord, and wait patiently for Him. If you can just leave that scripture up for a little bit, Pastor, I appreciate it. The verse starts out right there, Rest in the Lord. And that's exactly what it means. Be still, be silent, rest. And it can sound like the same thing. Because it says, rest in the Lord and wait patiently. I feel like, at least for me, I get them mixed up sometimes or think they're the same thing, and they're not. As you know, there's been a lot of waiting going on here at the church. pastor felt the call a while ago, to start looking for another place to put our church, another place to call home. We did everything in our power waiting to wait patiently. (laughs) It's frustrating that, that process got. I can only speak for me, but I'm sure Pastor was probably in the same boat sometimes. But I can tell you one thing that I feel confident saying that I believe Pastor did not do, nor did he tell any of us to do at any point, at least when I was here, was he didn't tell us don't do anything. God's telling us, wait, I'm going to get you a property. Don't do anything. No. And I don't believe that he really ever told himself that God said we will move out of this building into another one. So I'm just going to sit here and wait patiently and quietly, for God to do what He does. Now maybe in the flesh, but not in His Spirit. If we go look at that word, or the phrase, and wait patiently, I know I'm going to butcher this, but it's, the original word is keel. And this is where I feel as I expound on this, where where it falls in line with pastors preach countless times. Brother Matman has preached multiple times. One thing that he has constantly and consistently poured out on us. Keel means to twist, whirl, to dance, to figuratively wait, to drive away, to fall, to fear, it, the list goes on and on. There's action behind it. Do something. It's not. It does not mean don't do anything. Right. Right. Waiting on the Lord means to trust in God and His promises to, and to expect intervention and guidance and to depend on His power and grace. But it is not a passive or idle waiting but an active and hopeful waiting that involves obedience, prayer, worship, and service. Whenever we pastor got that call, the first thing he did is that he said we got to get to work. We got to start reaching the community. Yes, we're going to have to wait on this land, but there's work to be done. Those who wait on the Lord are rewarded with His strength, peace, joy, and salvation. We never got to the point where we just sat back and waited for God to hand us something. Did we get frustrated? Absolutely. Did Pastor get tired of being ghosted every time he turned around? Absolutely. But he didn't stop. He didn't go, well, I'll just wait, God will will give it to me. No, he was knocking on church doors that weren't even for sale, saying, hey, can I buy your church? He was consistently seeking out opportunities. Sometimes God just wants us to act on our trust in Him. Because He can do anything. But He wants us to do something, too. Matthew 7 and 7. Ask, and it shall be given unto you. Okay. It doesn't stop right there. Seek, and you shall find. You need to go look for it. Knock, and it shall be opened unto you. God can open doors all day long, but if you don't find those doors, He can show them to you, but sometimes we need to go looking for those doors ourselves and seeing which ones are locked and which ones are wide open for us. We knew the whole time during this process and believed that God had something in store for us. And I don't think any of us could have imagined how it ended up. Doing more than we could have ever expected. I'm sorry this isn't your typical like Sunday school lesson, but, and it seems pretty simple. But I felt a really strong pull to teach this. Like I said, maybe it's just for me. But I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that. But if we're waiting on something from the Lord, we cannot do it passively. We can't just sit back and accept where we're at and just wait. I'll go back to me when I was talking about seeking for the Holy Ghost. I can't tell you how many times I'd be at a church service and I'd sit there and I'd get that... that urge to go to the altar or the minister yet again would go, hey, it's time for the altar call. If you need the Holy Ghost, come up here. If you need something from God, come up here. And I would say to myself, God knows what I need. I'll just wait right here for it. I've gone up there many times, haven't got it, so I'm just going to rest and wait here. Even when I'd feel that pull to come to the altar, I'd get that like death grip on the chair. Like somebody was going to steal it from me, and I'd talk myself out of it. No, I'll just wait here. Thinking about it, I don't know why I had a death grip on the chair in front of me, like, It ain't my chair. Like somebody's going to steal the person in front of me's chair. But I would just sit there, sit there, sit there and just wait. To the point that I wouldn't even feel it sometimes. Like, no, I'll just wait. I'll just wait. My flesh would fight it. Can I tell you that if God has called something over your life, don't just sit there. And wait for it. Act on it. Do something. Acts chapter 1 verse 4. And being assembled together with them, he commanded them not to depart from the Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, You have heard from me. For John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Not many days from now, therefore, when they had come together, they asked him, saying, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? And he said to them, It is not for you to know the times or the seasons which the Father has put into his own authority. But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. God told them to wait wait for the promise it's coming and I can imagine some of them Well, what does that mean, what do we do do we just sit there and don't do anything I want to jump to verse 12 then they returned to Jerusalem from the mount called Olip which is near Jerusalem a Sabbath day journey and when they entered, they went up into the upper room where they were staying, staying, Peter, James, John, and Andrew, Philip, and Thomas, Bartholomew, and Matthew, James the son, Alphares, and Simon the zealot, and Judas the son of James. Verse 14, And they continued with one accord in prayer and supplication. They weren't just sitting there doing nothing. Even though they were told to stay up in the upper room, They found something they could do. They continued praying. The definition of supplication is the action of asking or begging for something earnestly or humbly. They're like, there's not much we can do sitting here waiting in this room, but we can pray. We can reach out to God. Well, God can 100% give each and every one of us what we need right now, right here. He can even give you something you didn't even know you were waiting for. Has He ever done that for you? Somehow, you know, why did that happen? Then come and find out, like, oh, man, I needed that. But I believe sometimes that God uses that waiting as a test. Because like I said, sometimes God requires action on our part. This applies to every aspect of our relationship with God. God wants to see how we wait. Are we waiting the wrong way? Are we just going to sit there and not do anything and wait? Or are we going to do something? Now this doesn't necessarily just apply to things that negatively, you know, waiting for the answer, prayers. This can also go towards positive things. Like the, the revival services this weekend, this past, whew. I'm going to say it's still going because I want some more. I'm not done yet. Not done yet. But if you, were, if you missed it, you can listen to the podcast, but I'll be honest, it probably ain't going to do it justice. But there were many people during the service that got a direct calling from God including myself and I don't mean this to brag or anything like that this is just my mindset right now as I've said before and I'm if you're not aware I I can fill you in at some point but I'll give you the short version of my testimony there was about a four-year period before I moved here where I had felt a urge To work with kids and keep in mind at this time in my life I wasn't I'll say I wasn't fully invested in the Lord in my relationship with God but I felt that calling I had zero clue what that meant like I said there were others that got callings on their lives this weekend but I'm not going to speak for them. I had zero clue what that meant. You're going to work with kids? Do what? I just knew kids liked me, and I liked little kids. It was fun. Biggest kid in the room. But once we got here, I still didn't have the Holy Ghost. I was still in that nine-year window seeking for the Holy Ghost. So that had even more confusion. Like, how am I supposed to lead kids or work with kids if I don't even have the Holy Ghost? I had never served in a church in any capacity whatsoever. Did not do anything, didn't help with nothing, nothing. So I was just waiting. I believe the turning point for me was that word the the keel where I went from I need to quit waiting. I need to quit just sitting idly by, passively by, waiting for God to just hand me something. Like I said, He absolutely can, and He He, he does at times. But me waiting's not doing anything. I equate that to say, hypothetically, nobody's in here that's going to throw me, hold me to it. Your wife's not in here, okay. Hypothetically, let's just say I felt a calling to play the drums for the church worship team. Right? I laughed too when I had this thought. Promise you, I have two options. I could sit there and go, "Okay, God's going to use me to play the drums," and I can just sit there. Well, I'll just wait. It'll happen. I know nothing about the drums. Nothing. Now, why God could miraculously, like, I could wake up and be like Brother Matman and be able to do everything. But it's probably not going to happen. Or, while I'm waiting to be used, I can start preparing myself. Prayer, fasting, practice. If God's got to put a call on your life, don't just sit back and wait for it. Because like I said, the, the, how I say my, my story to working with kids, I just started, I got to that place, I'm, God, I'll just do anything. Yeah. I'll take out the trash, do whatever it is, it does not matter. Right. And I think through that, that test is God's going to be like, well, if you want this, I'll say big ministry, it's not big. But if you want to be used doing this, You need to start down here can he trust you with the little stuff can he trust you to wait patiently don't rush the process it's a dangerous place to put yourself in a place where God's called you to be when you're not ready it could work out for you and I'm sure it's worked out for some but it can also humble you very quick but you don't want to do that just wait patiently but actively If we can go ahead and we can go ahead and stand How many of us truly believe that there is nothing God cannot do? Amen. Nothing. Amen. Nothing too big right. nothing too small. Right. He can do anything. Thank you Jesus. Thank you Jesus it's on us to rest in the Lord so I want to encourage everybody don't wait the wrong way don't wait and get lazy and just sit back and wait for everything to get handed to you if you need something from God don't wait for the altar call it might not come hopefully it does if you're waiting for that unanswered prayer request, don't wait at your seat. Worship. Yeah. Praise Him. Dance. Do something different. Right. This past weekend, the big thing with the push is we, we push these chairs out of the way. During your waiting, are you getting desperate enough to say, God, hey, I'm still here? He can see you. But if he knows how hungry you are for it, oh, they're just gonna sit there and wait. Well, obviously, I don't think they want it that bad. We'll just wait for them to get to that point where there's no other option. Show him how much you love. Show him that you trust him, regardless of how this situation is gonna turn out. I'm gonna wait, but I'm gonna trust you anyways. Good or bad, you're still God. Because the end is quickly approaching. And if we're honest, we don't have time to wait. No. Right. You might not ever you might not get that answer you need because we might not have enough time for it to even matter. But what are you going to do in the meantime? We've got to get to work. Matthew 9 and 37 says, The harvest is truly plenteous, but the laborers are few. Yes. We don't need people waiting. Yeah. I feel like this past weekend was Was, in a way, God's way of telling us, like, y'all need to quit waiting. Like, we're past the waiting. We got the money. It's time to get to work. We don't need to wait for the next step. Because I know pastors said it before, God's not going to give us a church that we're not going to fill. How awesome would it be that we have to have multiple, if we had to have multiple buildings... Because we got so many people waiting for the building to be built. Yeah. We need to go ahead and act like we already have it and start prepping for the next size up. Amen. Proverbs 3 and 5 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not unto thine own understandings. That doesn't make sense sometimes. God, why are you making me wait? But his ways are not our ways. His thoughts are not our thoughts. He knows the bigger picture. If he he says I have to wait, then I'm going to wait. Because like I said earlier, I don't want to rush into a situation or assume an answer and then get myself in trouble. Verse 6, In all thy ways acknowledge him and he shall direct thy path. So again, I want to encourage everyone as you're waiting on the Lord do it with confidence confidence that there's a reason I'm waiting God and at the end of the day you're still God as frustrating as it can be sometimes as lazy as we can get sometimes just keep in mind That he's God and that we don't have time to wait we don't have time to just sit back and wait for our answers because I can only imagine how many times I missed I'll say my opportunity to receive the Holy Ghost when I was waiting those nine years because of me how many times are our answers or call whatever it is we need waiting up here for us God's just like, you got to come, just come get it. It's here. Trust me. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you, God, for what you've done here this morning. God, and I just ask that you help each and every one of us that are waiting on you. Waiting for those answers, waiting for those directions, those open doors. Waiting on you, that we do everything in our power to not hold a grudge because we're waiting. Not to get discouraged because of the waiting. Not to get lazy because of the waiting. But God, that we always keep in the forefront of our mind that you are in control. And that everything you do is for a purpose and a reason. Nothing happens by accident. Everything that happens is for the benefit of your kingdom. God, just help us all to keep that in our mind. And just be with us all, God, as we we continue our relationship and our walk with you, God. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. If you were encouraged by this message and you would like to connect with Ephesus Church or you would like to get in contact with the leadership of this church, please visit EphesusChurch.com. Thank you for being a part.